Welcome to Thinking Reimagined. Thinking Reimagined is a unique platform for thoughts provoking intergenerational dialogue in a diverse and inclusive setting with a focus on impactful change in the global workplace and community. Our stakeholders' conversations aim to spark thought, leadership, curiosity, engagement, collaboration, and learning amongst individuals, teams, and beyond. Enjoy, Enjoy this episode. episode and subscribe to Thinking Reimagined on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and other outlets. Hello, everyone. Welcome yet again to another episode of the Thinking Reimagined podcast. I am Nifemi Oguntoye. On the show today, I'm joined by Sheyo Wolabi, who's a brand designer, a visual artist, a photographer, and art curator. Shay leads um, as a creative lead at Keeper, a fast-growing fintech startup based in Lagos, Nigeria. Shay, good to have you on the podcast. How are you today? Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, I'm good. It's cold outside, but um, I'm good. Good to be here. I don't have much hair on my head, but I don't know. How can I... <laughs> How can I have what you what you have? <laughs> can I use a wig or something? <laughs> Maybe, probably. I think there are wigs for men now. Aha, uh-huh. yes. Yeah, so yeah. Adebola Williams, uh um, she provides services in social media marketing, content strategy, content marketing, writing, blogging, and editing as a whole long list. She currently works with Money Africa as a manager of brand and storytelling. How are you today, Adebola? I'm fine. Fine, thank you. How are you doing? It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. You know you share that name with someone, right? I, don't, I, I, I share that name with <laughs> You need to go on LinkedIn or Facebook and just type in Adebola Williams. You'll be shocked at the amount of ah, people who share that name. With the number of people, right? So I was wondering which one is it? Is it Debola of um, Lagos or Vibadon? Which of them are we talking to today? Funny enough, I'm the only one from Lagos State. So if there's anybody to be Debola, Lagos is me. I'll be now. <laughs> Good to see Debola. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. All right. So the third of May is Mark Tanwali as World Press Freedom Day, and this year the theme is journalism on the digital siege. The focus mainly is on the risks faced by journalists by means of surveillance and digitally mediated attacks by persons or agencies in government. However, in the digital age that we're all in now, anyone is a journalist. As a matter of fact, anyone who has a mobile device and broadband access is potentially a press. So our conversation on this one has to do with the forms of digital siege that we experience as you know social media users and you know what they call citizen journalism the effect on our polity and how we can also protect it the more uh they say at least 160 journalists were attacked in 2018 and you know it's just a very sad tale and fact of how journalists have been killed in nigeria uh, and you, you know how how they are also being gawked on online and every other platform. So let kicks let, let us start. They say ladies first, right? L- let me start with Debola. 
but what is your assessment of the state of press freedom in Nigeria as we speak right now? Um, okay, I'm going to pick up by saying um, when when um, when I think of where I get my news, maybe yeah. I'm when I think of where I get my news, I get my news online. Um, I can't remember the last time I watched a traditional media house or that I read something from a like um, traditional media newsroom, like maybe Guardian or this day or Business Day, you know, or the last time I watched channels or or NTA or one of those news, you know, proper media um, houses. I can't remember the last time I sat down to get my news from there. I get my news online. Everything breaks on Twitter. And um, that's where I get my news from. Um, whatever is trending part time in whatever sector concerning whatever situation, no matter how um, fragile, no matter how delicate, no matter how deep, no matter how shallow, everything is online. But the problem with that is um, they are not curated in the sense that it's everybody that has a Twitter account. It's everybody that calls themselves a media guy that has a YouTube channel that is just um, saying what they think. And they're they are not giving us the news as it is. They're not giving us the, um, what will I call it? The most important nuances of the conversation. They are telling us a story of what they think of a particular issue. So um, for someone, and this is not um, just me, I would say that a lot of people my age, a lot of people um, that are upwardly mobile, a lot of people that are young, this yeah. is how they get their news too. This is how we know what is happening by time. Um, when the Russia news started, I didn't watch it on news. I haven't been following the Russia invasion um, um, on news. I've been following it on Instagram. I've been watching what's been happening on Instagram. And this has caused me and sometimes a lot of people that are like me to not know the truth of these issues. We really don't know what it is because some of these um, videos, and these conversations and these designs, they, it's people that sat down, you know, to tell a story, they shape it like this is what we are trying to say. Absolutely. This is how I, we want it to be received. Compared to the conversation we hear people have about it um, in the news, in, in traditional media houses like channels, because the other day my CEO was on channels and by extension, because I was watching channel, I had to watch the interview before you, before he was introduced and before he was interviewed, there was a 10 minutes conversation about Russia invasion and what was happening in Ukraine. That was the first time since this thing has been happening that I heard the conversation on channels. And the conversation I heard on channels was different from the one that I have been consuming online. Oh, you know, there were a lot of things that the guest that he said, uh, and the guest was, I think he's an ambassador to some, something in Ukraine. I can't remember his name now. And he's right in the middle of what was happening. And he was just saying something different. And I was just like, okay. You know, so there's, there's a wide gap between how young people receive news. And apart from young people as well, um, our parents, people in the young, um, in the older generation are also guilty in the sense that they are the accuser of burden. They send everything to you. I, I don't know if you have. Like, WhatsApp. Yes. Yes. I don't know if you have like older parents and my dad. Oh, geez. He just forwards everything. It, it, I'm sure he doesn't even read it. And because when I read, I'm like, did you even read this? How can this be true? You know, so there's a wide gap between 
the media that we used to know before the digitalization has spread, before everybody had a mobile phone, before everybody has access to the internet, to the media that we have now. It's very different. I, sometimes I don't know what to believe. Sometimes I think that some of the things that I see online are being cooked up by some people. I, I don't know where to get my truth from. I don't know where yeah. to get news from. So it's things that like directly affect me that I know about, like it's raining in Sumerly right now. So I know that that is the truth of what is happening in Sumerly right now. It's been raining all day. And if I see anything that is snowing just in, if I go on Instagram and I see that it's snowing, I'm not gonna believe it because I'm not there. I don't know what's happening. You know, it could yeah. be someone that is just, I know we are in the era of everybody's a content creator. Everybody's just, we are really good with tools. We are really good with putting things together. I, I, I usually see everybody's a storyteller. All you need is one skill and then one story. You just join everything together and you're online spreading this news. So generally, I think there's a wide gap. And I think it is. it was even before the pandemic. It was even before people woke up to oh, the social media. We can use Twitter for anything. We can use Twitter to join conversations. We can use Twitter to yeah. upheave up government. Before all of that, there's been a wide gap between what, how we receive news and like traditional media. Yeah, so she, when Adebola says that she doesn't watch TV, it makes me feel outdated because I read the news on one of the TV channels that she's talking about. However, I also know that many of these channels are present on social media. So mm -hmm. I'm thinking, why wouldn't someone like Debola confirm the news on a platform like TVC News or Channels or, or The Sun or or CNN or BBC, why, mm. why would we just um, follow the trends and just read up on comments on what people are really making up? But I'd like to ask you, Shay, first, how do you consume your own news? Um, okay, I think, like the Bola, I consume my news the same way, um, Twitter most times. Um, and then, of course, I follow... You don't no, watch I don't. I don't watch, I don't watch TV. Uh, the only time I actually use the TV is when I'm playing um, video game. Wow. The rest is, uh, yeah. If I, I, I personally not, I'm not a fan of having a TV. If I want to watch a movie, if I want to on my laptop or my tab, um, I don't really need the TV. If I want my news, there's my phone. So I, <laughs> I don't have to. I don't need a DSTV subscription. If I want to watch a football game, I can find somewhere to stream it. So mm. there are alternatives to this. So I'm not necessarily, I don't watch TV. I don't, I don't consume my news from TV, consume my news from social media. But um, I'm naturally like a, uh, I can, I'm, I'm skeptical about a lot of things. And uh, so like Debola said, the downside to uh, consuming your news on social media, even traditional media, to be honest, because I think even punch. Uh, okay, I mentioned news. I don't want to mention news. But traditional media houses that we have in Nigeria, we we over time have seen how they can sensationalize um, news. For example, um, I, I saw an interview from um, uh, uh, Madame Ibukuma Weshika one time, and then the headline was very, um, very crass compared to the actual content of the interview. Uh, just and. The major reason will be to sell papers, to be honest. And so personally, I, I, I see I, I see news from, I get news from the US because I'm a bit familiar with the politics over there and um, even stuff in Nigeria too. And I see how um, different channels 
um, they don't report news the way it is. Say, for example, oh, there was an accident at Lekki, Ekpe, for example. Okay, just report there was an accident at Lekki, Ekpe. This was the casualty, yeah, yeah, yeah. But because of maybe different ideo ideological leanings from different news uh, platforms, even even if even um, even if it's someone that's reporting it, you see different biases popping in the way they report stuff, and that way it taints the authenticity of the news. For example, say um, this Russia Ukraine thing now, you, nobody really knows what's really going on because. Now, nobody is sure what's really going on because BBC will report it one way, CNN will report it another way, then Ukraine themselves report it one way, Russia will report it another way. So, like different news sources reporting the same thing in different ways, but then it's hard to tell, okay, what's really going on? The same thing applies to Nigeria. So, I think uh, generally going back to the very first question about press freedom, I'll say um, uh, press freedom would depend on the 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 government of whatever space, um, the like whatever press organization or entities operating. If you if you live in say North Korea, for example, now uh, I don't know what press freedom there would be like because the government is generally uh, considered to be tyrannical. So the, I don't think there will be a lot of press freedom or freedom of speech, so to speak, compared to some other countries. But then even in democratic countries, to some extent, there's a facade of freedom of speech, but then we've seen situations where they've scapegoated people for actually reporting what actually happened. Say this, oh, um, Edward Snowden thingy, uh, and all of that. So I think press, in the end, I think, I don't think, uh, I, I think this will probably be what we always will be, what will always be, because there will be people that will want censorship of the press, and then there will, there will always be people that want censorship of the press, and there will always be uh, journalists that want the actual news to come out. So there will always be that tension. There will always be that tension between journalists and whatever government and policies are in place regarding press freedom and all of that. So I hope I make Absolutely. Sense. I agree with you. Um, you know, a day, a day before the World Press Freedom Day, President Buhari tweeted for the first time in 333 days after the Twitter ban. And when we talk about, you know, um, Twitter ban and what Nigerians experienced, even though quite a number of people bypassed the ban through the use of, uh, what do you call this thing now? Um, you said what yeah. did he say yeah. yes absolutely but you know when I listen to you talk I think that young people also do agree that not much of the news we consume on social media is accurate there's a lot of disinformation taking place and I'm going to give you an example so I, I used to live close to a crematorium and one day you know, crematorium gives an alternative to you burying your dead bodies. So they burn it literally. And there was this day where a black smoke was coming out from the chimney. I mean, literally smoke from dead body invading the neighborhood where I lived. And then I captured it on video and put it on Twitter. And I didn't know it had gone viral until I saw a story on a popular blog, you know, claiming that I had reported that the crematorium was on fire. Uh, and because I worked with the news station, you know, it was more like, oh, if I'm going to say so, so, so the next thing I'm getting 
I'm getting, you know, uh, um, lawsuit threats from this organization that I had lied that there was no fire incident in, you know. And then I said, well, you have all you need to do is go back to my tweet. I'm concerned about, you know, uh, um, the quality of work done and how it can impact on the health of the people in my community. That was what I tweeted. But that's just an example of how lies, you know, how disinformation characterize many of the things that we feed on on social media. So my question really is, what is the concern that we have with regulating this medium? Because the moment that issue comes up at the National Assembly, the moment government is talking about it, young people are so defensive. They don't want their freedom touched at all. But on this same Twitter platform, we have seen someone tweet something like, have just been shot. Please pray for me. And people didn't take us seriously. They said, oh, are you dead now? And a few months after, a lady came on Twitter and said, I'm being raped and kidnapped. Mm -hmm. And it turned out to be a lie. So you, you really wonder where, which way to go, particularly in the way and manner we handle social media. And when you also consider that these stuffs are not really made in Nigeria as it were. And so we, we, we just jump on a platform that is popular and we consume it. Talk to me, Shay, why, why, why do you think we just do not want to hear a regulation of these platforms, even when we know that it is a platform that produces disinformation? Mm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> censorship is a very, very, um, very complicated uh, topic. Um, I think it's a, it's a worldwide um, Enigma, let me put it that way. Because so, so humans are very complicated. And because of that complication, uh, we have to deal, like, deal with issues of like censorship with very extreme care. So I, I wouldn't say I'm a free speech absolutist, um, but then I, I think people should be allowed to say whatever they want to say. But at the same time, that doesn't mean they, sh they, they, they are free from the consequences or whatever it is they say. So say, for example, um, uh, the, what happened to you, for example, uh, I think that, that to curb situations like that, I think there should probably be provisions under the law where um, I think even within a speech, uh, free speech framework, there are uh, provisions for libel and um, slander and all other things where you can sue people for lying, saying things you did not say or saying or just attributing what you did not do to you that kind of thing so i think we can examine those things and look for ways to actually treat all these kind of cases say for example um um the issue of the lady that um the doctor yeah. because I, I was familiar with the new doctor that that was shot during the uh cardinal train attack and she tweeted that, oh, that she was short and people should prefer. And then some people were like really attacking her and all of that. Um, I, I, to be honest, I wouldn't see that as, it, it was very insensitive and very, um, very uncalled for. But then I wouldn't necessarily, and then some, and I wouldn't necessarily call it um, 
I'll say that what did what all happened there, it's still kind of permitted under a free speech framework. It's more like when someone comes and says, Oh, this happened to me, and someone says, Oh, you're lying. I think people are, should be free to disagree with something or with, with the news. I think they should be free to do that, even if they are being uh, actually dishonest about it. Because I think people should still be free to be able to say, oh, I don't believe this, you're lying. And then maybe give room for back and forth. Of course, there are people that are very adamant and won't even entertain any kind of dialogue or debate and whatever. And then in, in, in the issue of um, um, misinformation and all of that, to be honest, personally, personally, I really don't know how we can deal with it without uh, infringing on people's rights. Yeah. Because I, I believe that people should be able to say whatever it is they want to say. But of course, there are consequences to whatever it is you say or you do. But then, ask, and then the thing is, asking governments, for example, now you say if you want to say, oh, we need to censor some of these things. Who is in charge of censorship? Who determines what should be censored or what shouldn't be censored? And then what's the probability that someone somewhere, say for, for example, in Nigeria now, there are people that all the sentiment that, oh, we live in a tyrannical kind of government because we've seen cases of journalists being attacked, all those kind of things. So say, for example, we give Nigerian government or the Senate or legislature or whatever, the oversight to determine, oh, these are the boundaries to what you can say or what you can do. What's the probability that... Humans are very funny and very, very interesting people. They will use whatever avenue they have to push whatever agenda they want to. And to be honest, as people, the only thing we have is our, our words and our, our, our freedom of expression, so to speak. And once that okay. is taken away... I get so your point. I think <laughs> okay. Now, yes. I can see that Debola is shaking her head in approval and quite a number of things. But before you say anything, I just like to give us like a historical background to this. And I think that Debola did mention something critical at the onset about how dynamic information consumption has become over the years. Many years ago, you have to wait till like 4 p.m. to watch NTA. And whatever NTA says was law because it was the only platform to get such information. It, however, yeah. appears that it is it has dramatically shifted now from traditional media to social media. You remember the Rwanda war where people went on radio and say, kill the cockroaches. And then at the end of it, the Tutsis Hutus were fighting and 700,000 people died. Look at how volatile security is in Nigeria today. I don't completely agree that if we don't regulate social media, you know, out of the fear of infringing on people's rights, we won't also find ourselves in a situation where lies are just being peddled in such a way that can eventually affect us as a people. What do you think about that, Dibola? Um, So let me um, start from the, the, so there's something I, I believe in very um, strongly. Media generally has just changed over the years. The, um, the way media is presented, the way news is presented has changed over the years, but the goal still remains the same. Um, it's, like, um, it's like storytelling, for example. Um, storytelling might be a big deal now for a lot of companies and a lot of um, brands and all of those things, but it all started around families um, back in Calamari, people that was just sat down 
you know, and just told their children of the wars that their fathers fought during dinner time around the bonfire, you know. And right now we don't have that. Nobody is wearing animal skin and sitting down around the bonfire and saying, this is what my father did. This is how we escaped from the lion and all of those things. But the goal still remains the same thing. We want to pass down information from one generation to the other. These are our values as a people. This is who we are as a people. This is our culture. These are the things that we are doing for. This is the dream that we are trying to achieve. And we want to pass those current information from mouth to mouth, from person to person, so that it can influence how we are making decisions. That's the goal of the media. And I think that that hasn't changed. What has changed, however, is the platform, is how is now being consumed, that is now being spread, and the liberty at which people now have it. So my first question is to the media house. Now, me, you don't have as much power as you used to have. Before, like you said, I remember when I was smaller. Ba -da -da, ta -da -da -da. Once I heard that, it's time to hear what is happening in Nigeria. If we didn't, if we didn't get that at 8 p.m., Monday to Friday night, we didn't know what was happening in the country, let alone any other place. As a matter of fact, most of those news are even just local news. So it's what is happening in Abulegba and the tanker that fell in Nagege and all of those things. But now media has changed, but the goal is still the same thing. You want to feed us information that is relevant to us, what is happening around us that could affect us, what is happening around us that we could um, that we should be in cognizance of so that we can make choices, the right choices. So what media is supposed to be doing is that this is still the goal, but the access at which people can, um, can spread this information and the distribution platforms is now more volatile. What can we still do? So the power has not been taken away from the media houses. And that, that's what I think the issue is. I just feel like media houses gave up when Facebook and all these people came and everybody just has access to it. It doesn't matter the news on Facebook, they are still, there are still some things that are happening that Facebook cannot capture. You see, you see the person that uploaded the video, uploaded it from watching it on channels, uploaded it from watching it on AIT or TVC. You can still put yourself as the um, ground basis of information. But I, I just have a feel. first of all, media is, the traditional media is slow to how they deliver news. I would have read something on Twitter like two hours ago, and then they're saying breaking news at 10 p.m um on friday nights on channels and i'm like guy this thing happened and people have already had access to share whatever the misinformation the wrong the lies they've had like six hours ample time to create a story and a narrative that is probably wrong and then the media the people that should be in the forefront fighting to make sure that people have the right information are just chilled and coming at 10 pm to say so, i understand your point adebola so I'm I feel like fault, I'm not saying it's not a fault thing. I feel like the media yes. is not carrying their weight in this social media versus media, new media um, yeah. fights. This is the Thinking Reimagined podcast, sponsored by Allied Empowerment. Allied Empowerment Consultancy offers leadership and innovation through bespoke human development solutions, brain-based leadership, and coaching. Allied Empowerment empowers business leaders, teams, and individuals to intentionally accentuate desired outcomes built on trust, curiosity, psychological safety, engagement, and communication. Allied Empowerment, thriving in a sustainable and valued manner. Let me just bottle in very, bottle very briefly. Um, so I get the point where you're saying it appears traditional media is slow. Even though I think that 
many of these platforms also have their own social media um, where they break news as fast as they can. But the difference between citizen journalism and uh, um, broadcast journalism as we know it with TV, radio and the rest is that a TV channel doesn't have the liberty to just break the news like that because it's largely regulated and it's going to be accountable for what it reports. It has the burden of confirming the news. So you can just see a tweet now and then somebody is saying breaking news. Somebody has died and all you just do is retweet it. A TVC can't do that. A TVC will have to get a source. We'll have, we need some time to confirm that the news is true. Do you understand the difference now between the liberty with social media and traditional media? They need to confirm it. They need to be able to quote a government official or an eyewitness or somebody who can confirm that this thing really did happen. And I think that's perhaps, you know, one of the reasons why you think that those things are slow. But let, let's talk about digital siege now. Quite a number of people are saying that, unlike in a batcher regime where journalists are jailed, you know, and then where news is gagged, that it has moved to the digital platform. There's what they call digital rats. You put a story, you do an investigative journalism work, and then there are some government paid individuals who attack you online, cyber bully, cyber violence, and you know, they begin to attack your personality and that and all of sorts. But I'd like us to just do a quick survey here. I have Shea and Debola. Both of you guys are active on social media. Do you think that in any way, your freedom of expression is being gagged by you know, any form? Maybe you tweet something and then, have you had that experience at all? Is it that bad in Nigeria? Shea, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I don't, I, if, if, if you asked me this question before um, before answers, I would have said no, that 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 they have not been affected. Therefore, post answers and the things that happened after, I think, uh, yeah, to some extent, it, it could be worse. You understand? Uh, it could be worse, but I think to some extent, yes, because. Um, for example, when answers happened, I, I, I was part of people that joined um, the live stream of what was going on, and I saw the things that happened uh, from the point of view of the person that was live streaming. And then we come online on Twitter like the next day, and then a bunch of, oh, it's a lie. Like just, it's not like when you, when you, when you, when you, when you, um, I don't know if you've seen Suits, the, the series, where yeah. the guy was writing an exam for someone, I like, think that the first episode, was writing an exam for someone, and then uh, the he was about to submit, and then the, the uh, invigilator was like, oh, but what's your name? And then he knew he was, he was about to be found out. And then what yeah. he did was he distracted the guy, mixed the paper up with others, and just scattered yes, everything. So the guy wouldn't know. So I think that was what, that was what happened with some agents, I won't mention what I really think. <laughs> Some agents kind of just meddled with all the news just to sow doubt in people that this actually happened. So I think that example, then the Twitter ban where we have to start using VPN to access Twitter uh, because so Twitter um, deleted or did something to the president's account, which 
I don't really I'm, I didn't I did not agree with what Twitter did, but that's by the way. But banning Twitter in the first place, like it means where people actually have conversations, like a way where people actually gonna like NSAS happened on Twitter. You understand? And the government saw like that can be like all the mobilization, people getting the like helplines, everything will happen on Twitter. Even the 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 movement to get the all the word out out of Nigeria where they were actually pressured from outside Nigeria. Everything happened on Twitter. So I think a layman would understand the power that that is. So all you have to do is just find a way to oh, so but then of course uh, for some reason we have it back, maybe because they don't want to look like a tyrannical government and all of that. But still, I think some extent shall free, free, free. Based on, yeah. Adibola, let me hear you out on this. Um, <laughs> so, um, Shay speaks my mind, honestly, and I think maybe because we are in the in this, we are in the generation where we have seen, um, I would like call it, we've seen um, access being denied to information in the past. Some of the things that we even know as history, as I know that some of the things that we know as history, when I hear like people that know politics well and older people, when I hear them talk, that's when I hear some things. And I'm like, okay, I didn't know this. This is and, not and, what they taught me in school. This is not what I was taught in school. This is not, so we've, we were we better in that generation and we, millennials especially, we're the one that we're at the forefront of saying we want our power back as citizens of the country, as individuals, we need to know what is happening. We need to have access to this information, especially in real time. I think they're like life-threatening, like NSAS was. I mean, if we, did, if we didn't have access to all of those things on Twitter, and just like a lot of things, everything that there is that has advantages, that is good, that is positive. Some people are going to twist, some people are going to turn, some people are going to make it save the agenda. Some people are going to misuse or misrepresent whatever is good. That's, that's what I would advise because I, I cannot say that the government should regulate or I cannot trust anybody. That's the truth to regulate because I don't think we have enough, we are not, equipped enough whether even us you cannot trust us to to yeah. regulate it because we will not take some things we cannot trust media to regulate because they will not focus on some things and i cannot trust the government because they will not take some things so we don't have the we're not equipped enough as a people to say we want to regulate these things but what we can do is our part individually i'll be separately so as an individual i'm i'm the way i can play my part is to say when I read the news, when I read something, breaking news, updates, this is what is happening. The, the first um, recourse of action is not to start sharing because just like you said, when you, when something happens, TVC doesn't just open their mouths and say, breaking news, the president is dead. You know, they have to find, they have to know what is happening and all of those things. So as an individual too, when I hear news, the first thing I'm supposed to do is to wait, it's not to share, it's to hear what are people saying, get information, I, I have friends that tweet at because they work in media. They tweet at new news houses when they hear news. And be like, at TVC Nigeria, are you not reporting on this thing that is currently happening in Ojolegba? Where are you guys? They call people out. And that's also one of the things that media does for us. We, it helps us hold people accountable. So if you say that you didn't know, we bring it out in 2025. That guy, they tweeted at you. They mentioned you. You did not respond. You did not say it. Or this is what you said. 
concerning the issue. The government should do their part. The life is going to change you. It's not going to be like this. So this is not freedom that we are experiencing. Social media. This is not freedom just because we are going and we are just tweeting. And this is not the I to give it five years from now, 10 years from now, it will be a completely different ballgame. So the government has to be open to the fact that this generation and coming generations, they demand answers and they demand to be in the know of what is happening. So start putting systems and policies and regulations in place that will accommodate the people because you serve us. You might be the president. We might be bowing down when you pass, but you are still a public servant and you'll be answered to what the people that you are saying, unless we do not vote you in. If you're voted in, you will be accountable. So they have to, the government right now, the constitution, the news media, all these bodies that regulate all these things, they need to start tweaking themselves to fit what is happening in the right now. Facebook is not going to go away. Twitter is not going to go away. If it goes away from Nigeria, we have VPN. And we saw it during, so when, when I saw this news, I had to remind myself, I forgot that there was a ban in 2021 because I was on Twitter. Every since the day they ban it, the day they unban it, I was there. So we will get other ways to do it. Technology is increasing. If they ban Twitter again, we might not need VPN again. Safari, the iOS 15 Safari, you can browse anything without VPN. You can be in any country in the world without VPN. Technology will increase. People will be able to do other stuff. And then the media houses, they have their parts to play as well. This is a major thing. Imagine if all the media houses put their heads together and say, um, this is beyond what CBC is trying to achieve or the money that channels is trying to make. This is the goal. We are a media house. We are to control the news. We are to make sure that people have the right information and people treat information the right way. Bring yeah. the people that have the abilities and the skills to make these things happen. Create a, what would I call it? Create like another body or another non-denominational um, thing. And that is your project for 10 years. Make sure that the government does their part. The people do their part. The media houses do their part to make sure that to a certain extent, the media is just free of misinformation and lies. I feel like everybody needs to carry their weight in this in this news thing, in this media, in this information thing. And all three of us are not doing our part enough. Some of us young people are just, we are very, um, what's that word? Once we hear something like this, we are hot and we're just going zzzz. And the thing about that is passion can be mis, it can be misrepresented. Just because you are angry and you're not listening, you can say the wrong things, you can hurt, the, you can hurt people that don't deserve to be hurt. And at the same time, media news, why you are slowing down and trying to verify, lives are wasting, things are not happening. And the same thing with the government, yeah, you also want to control, control, control. That's not what power is about. That's what leadership is. That's not what it is about. So you need to find other ways to, to be able to communicate that. We are still the boss here, but we are serving you. So I feel like everybody needs to pull their weight. And, and I agree them. with you completely, Adebola. You know, I, I, I also think that power, power is nothing without control. So you talked about certain organizations being called out during the answers, and I associate typing uh, channels and answers. It was even very good for channels, you, you know. My organization was burnt to the ground, you know, after that incident. And see, I agree with you completely that um, this generation, it's good. The impatience is good. You know, we want, we want things done. We want our leaders accountable. And we like to receive power from them if they are mismanaging it. It's just that we also have to be concerned about um, it not turning against us. So I worked in a place 
and it was completely burnt down. It used to be one of the finest um, studios in Africa. And I saw it in flames. And it was a fallout of the emotions online that some individuals took advantage of. So I like the fact that you're also talking about using the social media reasonably, not just sharing an item just because it's exciting and it's sensational, which is most what most people do. We're wrapping up now, Shay. I just want us to talk to the 2023 election because this is another season where disinformation is going to be on the rise. People uh -huh. are, <laughs> there are a lot of people, in fact, we thought 100 million was too much, but now 19 people have already bought the forms and every other person is at, is announcing. You know, the funny part is that some guy declared to be president. Another guy was there where he declared. The guy the next day declared, and the guy who declared the previous day also attended the declaration. So I'm, I'm so confused. People are just attending. <laughs> I mean, everybody is just declaring, and then you're wondering how animated the conversation is going to be ahead of this election, the role that social media is going to play. We're going to start seeing a lot of pictures, a lot of videos, a lot of manipulations. And then it's also important that we speak to how this generation should responsibly respond when all of this um, information begin, begin to come out. What can we, can we, can we do more to research, to do our own research and to find out if this information is true or not, Shane? Hmm. <laughs> so um yeah i think um i'll just start from like what devola said i think we need we as um, young people electorates uh need to take some responsibility especially with doing our own research um finding out what's actually true and what isn't um however difficult that might be and then at the same time, there will be lots of propaganda, of course, from different camps. Oh, this person, this that person. Uh, on Twitter, we the thing is, we know these people already. We know them. <laughs> we know them. <laughs> on on every camp, we know them. At least we well, well, we know how to spot them, so to speak. Uh, but at the same time, nobody is fully immune immune to propaganda. But I think, um. I'll just talk from a personal point of view that, to be honest, um, as much as I'm concerned about who is president, I'm more concerned about who, who is representing my constituency. So, like, for example, like my, I, I live around, I live after Aja, I live at Shangutedo. So I live in Etiosa, local government, let me just put it that way. So who is representing me at, say, House of Rep or Senate? Uh, who is chairman of my local government, who is chairman of my LCDA, uh, all those kind of things. So uh, I think because those are things that most most like affects me directly more of, more than say, of course the government, the president, who is president affects me, who is governor affects me. Uh, but then let's like take it back to the, um, to yeah. the basics you get. And then personally that also influences how I see government. I think there's too much power up there. Uh, we don't have true federalism. Uh, states are, are not fully autonomous. Uh, if, you are if you are practicing federalism, like say the US, for example, the US, I know like states can make, every state have their own different laws. There are laws that are working, that are, say for example, marijuana consumption, for example. 
there are some states that it's legal in the US and there are some states that it's not it's illegal. So if you want, if you are someone that takes weed, you can go to states that allow it and then leave the state that don't allow it, those kind of things. So I think there's there's so much power up there, we can bring it down. But I think also with regards to social media, we just need to be able to be, be uh see see through okay, what are the policy positions of these candidates? And the thing is, to be honest, I'll be honest, <laughs> Nigerian politics is not very interesting. <laughs> if especially for someone that is more about policy. Yeah. Because what, what is okay, I kind of know Peter P's policy position. It's more for cost uh, cut cost of governance. And then yeah. from there everything would go like, but for Oshimbajo, for example, now he's running for president. What's his policy position? All I can go with is the policy positions of the administration is a part of right now. Um, this guy, a governor of Kogi State, that's also running for president. What's his policy position? Like, what's his policy position on education? Uh, and then we also need to go, okay, what have they been, like, say, um, this guy has gov- Kogi State governor now. What has he done in terms of, like, as a governor, what are things he has done? Say, for example, Peter B now. Um, we can see his track record. Although these other guys that have held offices before, let's look at their track record. What did they do? Same thing we say, um, uh, Joe Biden. What is happening in the US right now? It's not a fluke for people that actually do, did their research. Like him as vice president, as, as a senator in the US, his policy positions and the way he has like been in charge of those positions. Whatever is happening in the US right now, inflation going up, all these kind of things. It's not a fluke. I, anybody that did their research would have seen it coming from a mile away. So I would say that for young people, look at policy positions yeah. more than say tribal sentiment. Oh, this person is Yoruba, this person is Aosa, or whatever, or Muslim, Christian, whatever. Me, I'm for policy. What's your policy position? And if personally, if I don't see any candidate that works for me, I'd rather not vote anybody, to be honest. So yeah. I'm working on getting my PVC. So and um, because because I have a candidate that I think um, I like their policy position. So and I'm getting my PVC because of that person. You understand, right? Not anybody else. You understand. So I think do your research, focus on policy rather than tribal leanings. But then it's hard, hard or religious leanings. You get it, but it's hard, man. It's, it's difficult because humans are tribal by nature. So yeah. yeah. Debola, do you have a PVC? Yeah, but I've lost it. <laughs> and I didn't know like, it was going to be this hard to get it back. I've been trying to get it back since last week. Every time I go there, it's a hellhole. I work from home, so I just have like one hour, two hours to just like spend outside. And every time I go there, I'm still there. So I've given up. I should not lie. <laughs> I'm giving up on getting it back. No, just try, just try, just try one more time. Okay, I will try. <laughs> The vote might be all that is needed. We're coasting home now. Let me have your final thoughts on this conversation. Um, so uh, I'm Shay. It's very important that so uh, Shay has always been okay. You might not know this, but Shay and I went to UI together and we're actual friends. Wow. So Shay has this is Shay's disposition towards politics. I could feel the chemistry though. <laughs> for a very long time. <laughs> you know, me, I'm one of those late bloomers. I've never really given any hoot about anything, you know, but now I care because I'm an adult, sort of, and um, these laws and these rules, there's nobody protecting me from it. 
it's it's me as an adult as well so now i'm aware of these things so and i'm that's what i want to close with that if you're not very interested if you always think it's none of my business if you always think that make them they do their own make her they do my own you're doing yourself a disservice because one day it's going to hit you and it's going to hit you hard so um i know politics can be boring i know that all this policy talk all this with this, with some, I don't even know some of these people that are coming out, and apparently they've been in positions of power for a long time. You know, what you can do is research, you know, ask questions, talk to people, be involved in your primary elections, the one in Surrey Levy that concerns you, in your local government, your councillors, all these people that are passing, coming, they've been going up and down in Surrey Levy now for a while, since like two months ago. They're just coming, they will bring their guys, they will walk around and Ask them questions. The guy is going to go and usually dead. Weigh them. Like, does this person have a plan for this, you know, community? Does this person have a policy that they're trying to work on? You know, ask questions and just be as involved as you can. If you're, if you don't know, um, don't get all your news from branding because that's the new thing that a lot of people are going to do. And it has been existing since February 2015. I remember it's a whole package. Uh, people are going to make money, seriously. I wish that somebody can hire me, but I'm too, I'm very busy right now. Bro, I felt for branding like 2015. 20, 20, 20, 20, a lot of branding, branding and storytelling <laughs> go into politics uh, and people are going to be falling left right and center but his yeah. story is a narrative that is so controlled so worked on so just come out of your creativity come out of your oh my god that video was so clean oh my god this was a, come out of that and ask the questions that matter talk to your friends that are politically savvy you know and tell them to objective with you they shouldn't sell somebody's agenda they should just talk yeah. You know, what are the things you should look for? What are the resources you should get? Who are the people that you should follow? And I think that for traditional media houses, this is a good opportunity to take some form of power back. And because they know, it, everybody knows that a lot of people are not politically savvy in this part of the world. We just rule with the tide. It's the person that is popular that we roll with. It's the person that is that their picture is everywhere that we know. If you ask my mom, who she's going to vote now. I'm sure there's just one person that she's going to see because all of us who live it like this, is billboard and everything is everywhere. That's the person that she's consistently saying. She's not politically savvy enough to know the things to look out for. So this is a good time for traditional media houses and outlets to teach people, sensitize people. We've never had that. Sensitize us. What should we, as a, as a young, as a 27-year-old woman in Lagos, these are the things you should look for before you vote. It's not just, yeah. don't tell me to get my PVC. How do I decide who I vote for? How do I not vote a bad guy into power? Nobody's yeah. teaching us these things because they didn't teach us in school. And we are here now as adults mm-hmm. and you are expecting us to be responsible enough to make those decisions. And even right now, you are still not teaching us. So I think that this is, this one year before, okay, it's not up to one year again. This number of months that we have is a good time for media houses to start sensitizing yeah. people. But the challenge about that is that that one can be political. You can, they can start selling somebody's agenda. So if we can just have these things, no political, no, don't, don't collect money. Don't, you don't need sponsor. Just have 30 minutes on your show every day where you do politics one-on-one. This is what politics is. This is what this gets you. This is what the governor's power is. This is what the this power is. Just teach people. That's all. No, gen, no agenda, no. Just teach. I think that this is a good time for media houses to contribute positively to the direction of um, the kind of election we are going to have in 2023. Wow, fantastic. I think it's been a great conversation. Um, 
um, you know, I'm hoping that traditional media platforms you mentioned will have the kind of independence and political will to be able to pull that through. I think it's fantastic ideas that you guys have shared with us today. I'd like to follow you guys on social media. Uh, by the way, uh, on a lighter note, if everybody comes to the awareness of what you're talking about, Adebola, I'm wondering how you make money as a storyteller. I'll be teaching their orgas. So how do I get to follow you guys online? Um, I, I think I'm Adibola Williams everywhere. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. No, not on Facebook. Instagram, <laughs> Instagram, Twitter, um, LinkedIn. I'm Adibola Williams everywhere. It's just, it's just one. I'm the first person that will pop up, most likely. Uh, okay. Uh, 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 <laughs> um, <laughs> I think for me, I'm, um, I'm Shea Sticks. Uh, that's S-H-E-Y-S-T-I-C-S. Everywhere. Um, Sorry. Yeah, I'm kind of... S H E Y, yeah. Okay, S H E Y S T I C S. Um, everywhere. Uh, yeah. Twitter, Instagram, um, uh, kind of Facebook. Uh, LinkedIn is Shayi Olabi. S H E Y I Olabi. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with us, Shayi Olabi, from the conversation that we've had on this one is a brand designer, a visual artist, a photographer, and an art curator. Adebola Williams um, currently works with Money Africa as a manager of brand and storytelling. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with us. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Have a great time. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, you too. This has been a Thinking Reimagined podcast. The executive producer is Dr. Ammer, co-producer Peter Ammon Boyle, and it is moderated by Nifemi Okuntoye. The podcast is edited by Nelkan and supervised by Dun Sokwa. Thinking Remargined emphasizes the importance of transformational conversations which have as their aim the bringing about of the rich diversity of thoughts and most importantly, powerful and applicable effective solutions and check. The views, opinions and contributions of the panelists are exclusively theirs and do not reflect the opinions of thinking reimagined producers or personnel. Thank, Thank you, you for, for listening, listening and we, we hope, hope you, you have enjoyed, enjoyed this episode. episode. We invite you to subscribe to Thinking Reimagined on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and other outlets. We look forward to presenting another riveting episode next week. Thinking Reimagined podcast is produced by Live Abundantly. We welcome your thoughts and invite you to visit our website, livesabundantly.com. Or you can follow us on social media on Live Abundantly 8. Thinking, Thinking Reimagined, changing, changing the, mindset the mindset for a better, better global society. society.